this is Pastor Kevin Hembry. Good to have you back with us here today on the Profitable Podcast. Uh, I remind you that anytime we open up the Word of God, all Scripture is given by inspiration and it is profitable. And so as we open up the Word of God today in this small epistle of 2 Peter chapter 2, uh, we've already looked at the first five verses of chapter 2, uh, and uh, Peter is warning uh, these that have obtained like precious faith, as he said uh, here in chapter 1. Uh, he's warning them about false teachers, and he has warned them that there are false teachers, and there will be false teachers among them. And he's warned them about their damnable heresies, uh, even denying the Lord, he says in verse 1, that bought them. And so these damnable heresies, they deny the person of Christ. Uh, and we see that all the time today. Uh, but not only deny the person of Christ, but also deny his work. They deny the Lord that bought them. Uh, you see, Jesus was the only one that paid sin's debt. And when he paid sin's debt, he paid sin's debt for the whole world. Uh, he paid sin's debt for my past sins, for my present sins, and for my future sins. And by the way, when he paid sin's debt, all of our sins uh, were future sins. And so they're denying the fact that he is the Savior, basically. And that he is the very son of God that came to die on the cross and that he he bought them. They denying his work uh, there on the cross. The very fact that man needs to be saved, that man is a sinner. All of that uh, is tied up in that phrase right there. Uh, but Peter is pointing them to the fact that these people, they bring upon themselves swift destruction. But he also warns them of their ways. They have pernicious ways in verse 2. They're going to speak evil of the truth. And uh, verse 3, uh, they're going to do that. They're going to have people follow them uh, through covetousness, he says in verse 3. And they with feigned words. In other words, uh, that word feigned is the Greek word plastos. That's the one that we get our English word plastic from. Uh, they're going to be able to mold their words uh, any way they need to, to make merchandise of the people. And we looked at verses 4 and 5, how that these people are bringing judgment upon themselves and their followers uh, in the fact uh, that uh, Peter says, listen, if God spared not the angels uh, for their rebellion, you know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, God, they're not going to get away with it. Neither are their followers. Verse five, he says, and spared not the old world. And we talked about that. Uh, how that uh, those that lived in Noah's day, uh, he was a preacher of righteousness, uh, but God did not spare them. And then he comes to the third illustration we're going to look at today. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Lord willing verses six through nine. Uh, I believe it has a uh, it has a warning of God's judgment, but also a warning for uh, those Christians that uh, will follow these ways. And so he says in verse six here, uh, he says, uh, verse six and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow making them an example notice that 
He says, making them an example. In other words, when we read Genesis 19 of how God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, God, he could have had a lot of things preserved in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit, as as, uh, Genesis was being penned by the hand of Moses, God said, listen, I want that in there. I want those that's going to live ungodly after uh, you finish pinning this. I want them to have an example. He says, an example unto those that after should live ungodly. If you uh, look in the book of Jude, Jude mentions Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 7, he says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities." Uh, about them in like manner, giving themselves over uh, to fornication, going after strange flesh. And of course, uh, that's talking about uh, the sin of sodomy there. And he says, he says, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. These are to be an example. Even Jesus uh, use this in Luke chapter 17. Uh, he used Sodom and Gomorrah as an example of his coming as he comes back in power and great glory. He used what happened to them as a warning of his coming. Listen to what he says in Luke 17 and verse 28. Jesus said this. He says, likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Did you say, what was wrong with those things? Nothing was wrong with those things. They, but they were going about all of those things, ignoring the righteousness of God, ignoring being right with God and ignoring God himself. Verse 29, Jesus says, but the same day, that lot went out of Sodom. Uh, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Jesus said that. Jesus said, listen, that's an example. Uh, and that literally happened. He says in verse 30, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And verse 32, a little short verse. Remember Lot's wife. We all know what happened to her uh, as the angels were dragging them out of them. They let go of their hands and once she to, she looked back and she turned to a pillar of salt. And so Peter says, listen, uh, not only is the angels an example of it, not only is the generation that died in Noah's day, the whole world covered by water, but also Sodom and Gomorrah for their sinfulness and for their wickedness and their rebellion against God, they were destroyed. But I want you to see here, he could have, he could have went from there and went on to the next verses and just kept uh, describing these false teachers as he will do. Uh, but he stops right here and he mentions Lot. And notice what he says in verse 7. And delivered just Lot. 
God brought judgment on them, but he delivered just Lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man, speaking of that word just Lot and righteous man, same Greek word, uh, dwelling among them, seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Peter is going to show them the cost of compromise. He's going to remind them, listen, you that obtain like precious faith. He says the Lord's going to know how to deliver the righteous just like he knows how to bring judgment upon the wicked. But here he's going to remind them of the cost of compromise. Uh, he He's going to remind them what it costs Lot. Uh, you remember... Uh, you remember what it costs Lot. Uh, if you got your Bible, just turn back to Genesis 19. Hold your finger there. And uh, uh, Genesis chapter 19. Uh, you remember in Genesis chapter 18, two angels had come and uh, visited Abraham and told him that they were going to uh, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, back in Genesis 15, Abraham had rescued uh, Lot and some of those people that lived there. And so uh, Abraham, you remember, he began to intercede uh, for them. But we find here in Genesis 19, uh, there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now, I want to give you just a little bit of background here. Uh, Lot was, Mos was Abraham's nephew. He had walked with Abraham, seen all of the relationship that Abraham had uh, with God, and been, had that uh, that thick heritage, my, my, what a, uh, what an honorable heritage. But one day their flocks got so big they needed to part ways. And the Bible says that, that Lot chose those well-watered plains toward Sodom. And so as he went that way, he, he did something when he set up his tent. Uh, when he set up that tent that night, he, the Bible says he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Uh, we see him uh, back there a couple chapters. He's just looking at Sodom. And now by the time we come to chapter 19, uh, he has moved uh, from pitching his tent towards Sodom. He's moved into Sodom. He's not only moved into Sodom, uh, he's become like them. He's not only become like them, he has become honored by them. He's become honored by them. He sits at the gate. That means that he has become basically uh, kind of like the mayor. Uh, he's the one that sits there and he uh, takes care of the disputes and things like that. And, you know, many people would look at, at Lot in his day and say, look, you know, look at Lot. Look how well he's doing. Look how he gets on so wondrously with the people and, and he's prosperous. But just stop and think for a minute what is abraham doing abraham he's at his altar uh, he is interceding uh, for the cities of sodom and gomorrah why lot is going along now have you ever asked yourself this question uh, 
What has his choice done for him? Stop and think about that. What did his choice do for his family? What did his choice do for Sodom? And what did his choice do for God? You know, as Peter's going through this, he, he's warning those that have obtained like precious faith. But he brings up Lot. He says that Lot was delivered, but Lot was a just man. He was living among them, and Lot was living a miserable life that in the end become a failure. What had his choice done for himself? Well, Peter tells us, doesn't it? vexed his righteous soul daily. We ask ourselves, you know, why didn't a man like Lot that walked with Abraham had that heritage? Why didn't he just rise up and, and leave? Why didn't he just go back and say, Abraham, you know, I can't live in that. It's because he become invested in Sodom. He's at the gate now. No more cattle, no livestock. Somewhere he had invested in Sodom. And now he was enjoying the benefits of that compromise. Somewhere he had invested. The profits were great. The comfort of the house there was better than that comfort of the tent. The honor of men surely, as he said at the gate, fed his flesh. But here's the thing, the compromise ate his soul every day as he looked around in the wickedness that he lived in it vexed peter said his righteous soul from day to day his conscience cried out to go back to the altar because his conscience was sick of sodom but to rise up now would cost him too much there is the danger of compromise that when you fall into that compromise and you compromise with the world, you get in so far that it's going to cost you more than you're willing to pay to come out of that. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, he says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. We ask ourselves, we look at Lot's life here in Genesis 19. Uh, did he make a lot of money? Did he come out of it with a lot of money? No, everything he had burned up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything, his bank book, everything, uh, he only left with what was on his back in the very end. He may have looked to them as a decent man in their eyes, trying to make a difference. And see right judgments done at the gate. But he went about it the wrong way. He become like them instead of being different from them. Lot was there of his own choice. But is it not true of us today as we live in a, a wicked culture that uh, we, we thought we would never be in the place of God denying and God hating and, 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 and homosexual promoting culture that we live in today we must ask ourselves are we vexed today with the filthiness of our culture or have we settled in we need to check ourselves today to make sure that in the midst of all of these false teachers that are going against what the word of god says that we do not come complacent and we do not compromise and we uh, uh we do not come to the place where we're not vexed 
It did nothing. That decision he made did nothing but bring him heartache day after day and took his peace away. But what did that decision of Lot do for his own family? His compromise and weakness caused those around him to lose confidence. Look at chapter 19 and verses 12 through 14 of Genesis. And here the uh, the angels have told him that they're gonna uh, that they're gonna destroy the city, and they told Lot. They said, "Listen, if you got any people you love, you better go tell them and tell them to get themselves and all of their stuff out uh, because judgment is coming." And verse t- verse twelve says, "And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou any uh, here any besides son-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, whatsoever thou hast in the city?" Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. Because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy. Now watch what happens here in verse 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place. For the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They did not take him seriously. When he spoke of God and God bringing judgment upon Sodom, somewhere that he had compromised, he had settled in, began to live like them, he had no influence. So they stayed and they perished just like Sodom did. That was his choice. That's what it done for his family. And we ask ourselves, you know, what did he really do for Sodom? Uh, we hear so much today about uh, being relevant that we gotta we gotta show the world as Christians that we're not different from them, but we're like them. We're just like they are, and that's how we're gonna uh, reach them, and that's how we're gonna make an impact on them. Can I tell you the Bible tells us something totally different? We're to come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Uh, we're to be different from the world. We're to have godliness in our life and the decisions that we make based upon what God says in his word and what his truth is that he is the reason that we live like we live not the prevailing time and culture of the day but as we look at chapter 18 uh, you remember Abraham there interceding and and he starts this almost kind of bidding uh, with the Lord, you know, just to see uh, how far uh, God's grace will go. He asks the Lord there, he says, if I can find 50, uh, Lord, if you find 50 righteous people, uh, will you not destroy the city? And the Lord says, sure. And he gets all the way down to 10 people in chapter 18, verse 32. But I want you to stop and think. The angels, as they grab the hands of Lot, they bring Lot out, they bring his wife out, and they bring his two daughters out. That leaves four people. Four people that they brought out, and that only leaves six more people. If they were six people that Lot had influence to do right, God would have never destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah that day.
but he had not influenced six people. As a matter of fact, as the men came to his house that night, and they they wanted to uh, commit violence upon those two angels. They wanted to uh, have immoral actions with them and and rape those men. Uh, as Lot stood up and said, "No, don't do that." They said, "You know who is this fellow that he should judge us? That he should be the one to judge us?" Uh, they they pointed to the fact that he had been living just like them. What had his decision done for Sodom? Basically, we'd have to be honest and say it did nothing for Sodom. And then as we come to the last question, what has his choice done for God? That'd have to be the same answer too, wouldn't it? It, it was nothing. This man had pitched his tent toward Sodom. He'd moved into Sodom. He'd become mayor he'd received the praise of man but it all ended in failure lot walked with god at one time as he walked with abraham uh, he lived a righteous life peter tells us that he was a just man his righteous soul he believed in the same god that abraham fellowship with he was there with abraham during those sojournings but the last we see of Lot, he passes off of the pages of Scripture in shame. All we know of Lot was that he failed to serve the Lord and his life was a failure. I don't know if Sodom and Gomorrah seeing that devastation changed him or not. We're not told. I don't think as you read on, it doesn't, uh, chapter 19 really doesn't get any better for him between him and his two daughters. But Peter shows us and reminds them of the cost of compromise. Uh, listen to what he says in chapter 2, verse 9 of Second Peter. After he lays that out there, that Lot, uh, he, his soul was vexed. And he says this, verse 9. He says, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God had been in the saving of the righteous long before Lot came around. And God knows just as much about saving as he does about destroying his mercy led him just as much to save Lot as did his justice to destroy the rebellious. Listen to what Genesis 19.16 says of God's mercy for Lot. It says, while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand. While Lot was taking his time uh, thinking, thinking about this and that, these angels, they laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And notice what Moses recorded, records here. The Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. God drug him out of that. Now when he drug him out of that, he just drug him out of that. Lot basically lost everything and he will lose 
everything but his two daughters, and he will lose his wife in the process. That teaches us that compromise, you know what? When we get into compromise, we pay more than we want to pay to get out of that compromise. But the Lord knows how to deliver. If we compromise, yes, we will go to heaven. But who wants to go to heaven being a lot? God knows how to, uh, he knows how to deliver. Uh, some would say, you know, uh, so as by fire, he has delivered Lot. And Lot, as he stands before God, as Paul so vividly teaches us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there'll be some that when they stand before God, they're going to be, uh, all of their works, all of their life is going to be nothing but ashes and First John teaches us that something's going to be a shame before him at his coming. You see, Peter here in showing the judgment of God, that God's just as able to deliver the righteous as he is to punish the just. He warns them of the cost of compromise. My, as we look at these uh, false teachers today, not only do we need to be uh, alert and know the word of God that we can detect that but we also must and need to be on guard against the compromise with this world and that right there is profitable for you and I today to apply to our life because one day we're going to get to see him and this has been the profitable podcast today hope you'll be back with us next time as we continue to through this small epistle of 2 Peter chapter 2. God bless you.